Hi everyone, welcome to Eagle and Wolf, the Eagle and Wolf podcast. <laughs> We're a fan podcast dedicated to casual, in-depth discussions about Resident Evil and other survival horror games. Now, I bet you're wondering, what was that awful Rebecca impression about? Mm-hmm. Well, my dear listener, it's because it's related to today's topic. I promise. <laughs> Please don't ever do that again. (laughs) Dude Eagle, what topic do we have for the fellow listeners today? Well, today it's uh, our first time ever doing one of these, so hopefully it'll go moderately okay. It is a bestiary of a certain Resident Evil game. This game, obviously featuring Rebecca also, is... uh, I just remembered Zero. (laughs) Calvin Cove? (laughs) I just remembered Zero exists. No, this is Resident Evil 1, the OG... First of its class, 1996 uh, entry. Yep. Why not start off a new show topic with the first game of the of the series that chronologically came out? That's right. We're going chrono. All right. Straight up for the PSX. All right. We're bringing that sexy beast back out. The big gray. Let's turn that fucker on with its big circle buttons. Man, I miss the PlayStation 1. That shit was cool. Anyway, sorry. Ahead of uh, its a time, bit Ahead of its time. Ahead of its time. Well, just like the Dreamcast, which had fucking internet connection. Like, what the fuck? It's crazy when you go back. This is so far removed from the topic. Hold on. Let's go back. So, uh, this game stars the main character of Resident Evil, Jill Valentine. As wow. she in- unravels the secrets wow. of the Spencer estate. She's going to act like Chris Redfield is an afterthought. Fuck you. I'm sorry, Chris Chris who? Chris Chris, Chris Redware? Sorry? Chris Code Veronica what? No, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, so we all know Resident Evil 1. I, I don't even know why I'm giving this preamble. Listen, you need Eagle in order to get to the laboratory. I could just easily walk off and stay in my item box if you keep... Bad talking Chris this way. Besides, this isn't, this isn't, they're not the stars of this episode, though. The stars of this episode are the monsters. That that is absolutely correct. And by the way, that's that's where our names come from. I think from the, I think Eagle and Wolf. Yeah, we're in the very first game. That's cool. We're in the Sorry, first two. We're in the first two games, and they first never again. Yep, and that's why we can only talk about those games. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to our actual topic. Sorry, everyone. So, Resident Evil 1's enemies. Let's go ahead and start with... Uh, We're going to save with- the bosses for the end, of course. Because, you know... Yeah, okay. That's our boss battle mode. Uh, we're going to start off Mr. Chronological would want to start with, you know, as they appear, but that's fine. We can do that. Let's go ahead and tackle the very first one. How about just Zombabbles? Yeah. So zombies, not only are they, uh, the most common enemies in the game, but they're also in a way the face of the franchise, or at least the face of the OGs. Would you agree with that? Uh, they are okay. They were the face of the franchise, and Capcom has made a conscious effort to diversify and be like, no, we are not just zombies. Whether or not that was for the better, or or whether or not, well, it's not even a question if it was not successful. It was successful because of how fucking popular four and five were. Um, I would say, yes, zombies are a very big identity for the series, despite how much Capcom wants to get away from them for whatever reason. Hell, they're the, <laughs> they're the cover art for the first two games. Then they go mm-hmm. to Nemesis for the third one, because he's, well, he's the star of the show. He, he literally is the star of that show. The game is and, fucking named And then him. we go into our main character, Protags, after that for Code Veronica and Resi 4. 
So yeah, let's let's give it let's give some love to the zombies here. Unfortunately, they only have two character models. No, three. Sorry, <laughs> three. Because there's the completely nude one in the lab, in the lab. Yes. Uh, there's the bald with the green shirt, and then another one with like I guess short hair, if you call that pixel short hair. All right, you are being so much more descriptive than I am. This is how I do it. We got naked, we got green jacket, we got white jacket, and we got, I guess that's really it. That's it. it. Um, So they have only two attacks. And one of them, if if you get bitten, it makes no sense why your star's characters don't turn into zombies at some point. This has been the eternal plot hole, and a lot of things like to suggest that, oh, what if Jill and Chris were immune, but then you have to think, okay, what if Leon and Claire were immune, or like every other fucking protagonist that can get bit, you know, like, does that apply to them? So, uh, for the sake of plot armor, you don't ever get bit. You do the Dr. Rude, uh, no no damage run, whatever. Um, Mm. Then they also have Vomit. Which only happens when you're next to the stairs, I guess. Or they're coming down the stairs or they're above you. You know what I'm talking about? That gr- bleh, that vomit yeah, that, animation. It seems like they specifically um, do those, the, the vomit, when they have no idea or can't get the character to get grabbed. I'm not making any sense what I'm saying right now. It's like, for example, when the character is on, when the player character is on stairs, mm-hmm. they kind of can't animate the zombie grabbing them on the stairs, I guess maybe because of an elevation issue. So they always def- default to the vomit. And yeah. I've noticed that in the classics, whenever there's a situation where like something is lower than them and they can't grab it, like, in RE2, when you play as Sherry and you're running around as her, the, the zombies only vomit because they can't grab her. Right. Because she's too low to the ground. So I think it was just kind of a workaround to be like, oh, if we can't attack the player, we're not going to have them just stand there and fucking not do anything. So here's the vomit attack. And that progressed later on to the series to projectile vomit. But in this game, it was just vomit. Regular gravity abiding vomit. Um, what's, what's your technique, Wolf, on how to get rid of them? I, I've or? been, I've been fucking waiting for this question. So I'm like, well, how do, when do we start? Cause I've, I've been trying to give like a basic overview of the zombie itself. And then I was going to be like, all right, now how do we get by them? You know what I mean? What's our specific strategy? And if you're asking me first, all right, here you go. So it's a little hard to follow, but basically what I do is I, I walk to the right, right? And the zombie starts approaching me to the right side of that wall. And then I immediately dart to the left and I piece the fuck out. Nope. So you just run. That's my, that is my strategy when dealing with zombies. It's just mainly run if you can, because this game is designed where you can run if you're fucking like, I don't know, ballsy enough. You can literally hold forward and run and sometimes you'll just make it through. So if that counts, does that count as an explanation or do you actually want me to give a solution? No, 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 that counts. You you run away. You save ammo. You you prioritize flight over fight. And, and if you do have to, like if you're cornered, use your like, I think it's either try and go for a headshot if you really think you have enough ammo or if you don't have enough ammo, fire at their legs, get them to stumble and then fucking run because their animations kind of stop them from grabbing. So like in more situations than not, it is more worthwhile to make them stagger and then run by. 
uh, unless you're playing RE3, in which case there's just so many. But we're talking about RE1. In this game, it is quite easy to get around the zombies. Yeah, but more how about you, the, Eagle? The, oh, sorry. the most in one room I've ever seen was like four. I think. Yeah. And even then, they're usually like Sparse spread out, out in yeah. the yeah in the room. They're not usually all together coming at you. So while uh, Wolf maintains uh, the juke from Madden '98 or whatever, and like and fucking like spin moves, uh, I shoot them all. There is enough ammunition. I know everyone says that uh, you should prioritize like saving ammo and all that, but there is enough handgun ammo. To take out every zombie in the game. That is correct. I'll agree with that statement. Also, uh, this game, way more than the second one and the third one, has critical headshot chance. Which mm. I, I always forget who has more. I always think it's Chris who has a little more. Like, a, like if he had 10% chance, Jill has like a 7.5 chance on nailing a critical headshot with the handgun, which is the Beretta. It would later become the Samurai Edge, but mm. the basic Beretta. So therefore you have chances to just, instead of killing a zombie with five or six shots, you kill them in one shot and therefore save ammo for the next one. Also, what I like to do as a Chris guy, I also shoot them and when they go down, quickly switch to the knife Slice them one or two times to save ammo if mm. I'm really low. Because yeah. the problem with your mechanic, Wolf, is that you would have to run by them every time. I don't want to do that. So right. I, I want to eliminate them and get them out of my way. It, it's more that you have to really kill the zombies in the paths you know you're going to come back on. So, like, it's a, if you prioritize your route in a way that, like, I'm going to use this hallway and this hallway alone. I'm not going to use the other one. Then it's like, what's the purpose in killing those zombies in the other hallway if you're never going to freaking go there? Right. So it's like, that's I'm not saying dodge every zombie. Maybe you should clarify that, I suppose. But if you can, I don't see why not. Because, like, in RE1, it, it, it paths through some of the zombies are actually really easy to pull off. So you can consistently do it every time you come into that hallway. Like, it, it becomes a viable strategy. It's only when the hallway is so fucking tight that, like, oh, my God, there's really no way to run around. And I really don't want to go, like, so, for example, my, in my head, I'm thinking, um, you know, the, the hallway... Right out, it's on the second floor on the east side. Uh, it's the hallway right outside the one where R Richard is um, fucking poison in that room. And there's also the night where you, the night uh, room where you push the statues over the gas right, canisters. Right, you know, right. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That he, place is really fucking tight. It is. It is. And there's not a lot of leeway there. And you do have to go by that hallway quite a bit. Like, all the fucking time. So that one, I usually do clear out. The problem with depending on criticals is that that's the thing. Like, you're hoping that criticals will come off and, and that you can't. I can't depend on that. It's a random chance. So, like, and I know it's also a random chance for the opportunity to run by them. But I feel like it's more manageable in that sense. Um, I, I'll tell you this, man. I, uh, for criticals, I treat them like a happy birthday. It's like a gift. I get happy when I get that that critical. There are two instances, by the way, if I could just cut you off. Uh, sorry about that. There are two instances that you can easily kill with the knife 
using the game's own fucked up mechanics. So Kenneth's body. Okay, we're going to, from here on out, I forgot. Spoilers for those who haven't played Resident Evil 1. <laughs> oh my God, uh, Kenneth dies? <laughs> yes. Yes. If you didn't know, uh, this, this Bravo team member that you never play as or never really see outside of maybe a cutscene. Uh, yeah, he dies. Anyway, ne- never play as I'm sorry. I'm, uh, it seems like you've never gone to Bone King TV on YouTube and watched Kenneth's Revenge, where I did a fucking playthrough where I played as Kenneth and it was awesome. That's not canon. Anyway, it totally is. Anyway, uh, so you, you could actually use the body because the zombie can't go through the body. So you could just stab oh, uh-huh. the, the you could slice the zombie using the body to create space the same way that on the second floor west side, the big dining room second floor hallway, you could mm. use the statue that's holding the jewel. Oh, hell yeah. And just knife through the statue. It's, it's Oh, that's corner magic. Yeah. I, I, oh, that was the I, game I, not know, I, I came I, up with that. I did not know that was a name, but all right. Corner magic. <laughs> no, it no, no, it's, I, no. I'm not telling you it's a thing that everyone says. I'm saying that's because in my streams, whenever I, I glitch someone around a corner and I just get free hits, I call it corner magic. And Resident Evil 1 was the game that I came up with it in. So like, yeah, no, corner magic is absolutely fucking um, viable. And, and funnily enough, I cannot let a zombie segment if we're going to be talking about the zombies, which, by the way, it makes sense that we'll be spending a little bit of extra time on zombies because they're like the bread and butter of this fucking game. Um, there is a strategy with zombies that I use all the fucking time and I'm surprised I didn't bring up. So let's say you have the shotgun, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the shotgun is is amazing with zombies because if you let them get close enough and you aim upwards and they are literally right up in your face, you can fire your shotgun and get an, a free headshot. It is a free decap, which means they immediately die and it costs one shotgun shell. So if you're feeling fucking generous with shotgun shells, which I usually am by the time I find the next tier weapon, which is like, what, the bazooka and the magnum? So once I have those, I'm like, shotguns aren't really a fucking thing I have to worry about anymore. So I basically use those exclusively on zombies and hunters because (laughs) we'll get to those. We Um, will get to those. Uh, Oh my god, I just realized we're going to have to talk about those. I, I do want to say, uh, for those that want to know more about our picks of B.O.W.'s, we did a Freaky Five on the Fan Freaks podcast on Top Five. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but I do want to say, uh, regarding your little shotgun thing, as a Chris main, the shotgun is like the most important gun in the game. But as a Jill hmm. main like you, you don't have to worry about the shotgun that much because you could save the bazooka for boss battles. The shotgun's right. like the shotgun's more like oh extra shit to deal with the zombies. Correct. Um, now, when going through the zombies, there's one particular zombie that we have to deal with later on. But how did he become a zombie? Getting eaten by this creature called the crows. Oh, we're moving on to crows. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about the zombies. Uh, they crawl and they like to grab your feetsies. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> yes, that is actually true. Capcom, the inventor of footsies because of Street Fighter, will grab your feetsies in Resident Evil. Uh, Exclusive gameplay mechanics from Street Fighter here. Uh, Capcom, um, but- foot fetish? You decide. You decide. We know they have an eye fetish at the very least. That and queen references. 
Um, one thing I will mention really quick, I, we totally forgot to mention this in the preface, which I'm sure you could fucking ascertain by now, but, uh, the dude, uh, Eagle, my good co-host here, is a Chris Redfield main, and I almost exclusively always play as Jill. So we're hoping to approach these, uh, zombies and creatures and B.O.W.s with, you know, th that kind of viewpoint in mind, you know what I mean? How right. did I approach this as a Jill main? And that's, I like how you mentioned that, because I, I didn't even remember that Chris doesn't get the bazooka at all like no. at all that that's i don't think but he has any male character gets the grenade launcher slash bazooka until code veronica and that's because claire can leave it in the item box yeah i mean it's a hand-me-down by that point and that's when it's allowed <clears throat> but it's okay yeah um, not even <clears throat> leon gets it in four right he doesn't have a grenade launcher no no apparently capcom believes in like gendered objects because, like, lighters always go to male characters, lockpicks always go to female characters. It's it's very strange. Very strange. <laughs> well. But let's get to the crowd. Let this, this thing is iconic, actually, of the franchise as well. Pe they love using this in all the advertising material. And they're partly responsible for the outbreak in the fucking first place next to the rats. Yes, that is true. That's why you can call them rats with wings. Um, <laughs> they're relatively easy to kill relatively um but also i don't advise killing them they usually come in like uh six five or six it's it's a significant amount and once they stun lock you and you're locked in that animation of getting pecked another one can come and kind of chain the peck you know what i'm saying no absolutely they absolutely stun lock you but i am just shocked that that eagle with his big dick strategy of kill everything in sight actually spares mercy on the little birds. It's not mercy. It's just they're not worth the ammunition. The few times that you have to deal with them, there's there's relatively maybe three times in the game that I can note two really uh, force his body to get the key or or to get ammo. Sorry, a clip when you're Chris, and I think it's the bazooka when you're. Jill? Yeah, that's when you get the bazooka. Yeah. Um, I really have to play as Jill again. I really do. I um, I haven't played as Chris in a I think literally the last time I played as Chris was the Kenneth's Revenge YouTube video from fucking like 10 years ago. So it like I never play Chris. The only time I really play Chris is on remake, and that's that's not what we're talking about here today. So that that is true. That's a whole other episode. Just, oh, absolutely. Just because of Crimson Heads. Anyway, uh, alone. And Lisa. Oh, I forgot Lisa. I love Lisa. Anyway. You know, there's a lot of things in Remake that, that are going to be different. So don't worry. We, we'll get to those. But, 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 go, but going to Crows, you really only worry about them in that forest room hallway outside balcony thing. Because in the art room, I never fuck up that puzzle. Because that puzzle, once, yeah. you, once you remember that puzzle, you never have to deal with the Crows in that room again. Do they ever show up in the, uh, that, no, not in the water for that. I think they show up in Remake because the area where you get the Magnum there, I think there's a couple girls there. Yeah, but, but that's, right, a whole really new, that's a whole new no, area. Th this is going to be a thing in this episode, unfortunately, where I'm going to have to strip out memories of Remake out of the original for me. <laughs> so, uh, but you're right, though. These things barely ever show up. I mean, hold on. Did you have anything else you want to add about Crow before I jump in? No, no, not really. They're... They're just annoying, but they're easy to deal with. 
they are easy to deal with. And honestly, I think that um, the concept of them are fucking terrifying. I, I do like the fact that they are kind of like a built in Hitchcock reference. Um, and oh, the, whenever okay. they kind of like put a ton of them, like they could just, oh, it, the birds. Oh, they're doing the birds. And like, it, I get it. It's, it's a neat little thing. Um, I think there's such a few of them, like few amount of them because of how they can stun lock you. And if this thing was more around, they could probably be really fucking annoying. Um, there is a, a mod for Resident Evil 2 called uh resident evil destiny i believe and for the little bit that i played they like spawned i want to say like 15 fucking crows in one room and it was really fucking hard to get through and i think they knew that when they were putting this game together and they're like okay we could really only put this in a couple of areas and one of them has to be like a consequence for fucking up a puzzle so if they die they know okay don't fuck up the puzzle and that's fine so right. I, I like the crows. I think they're a really neat addition to the series. I kind of miss them because in everything now, they're not really an enemy anymore. They weren't in RE2 remake, so it's like they're not a thing anymore. But uh, in terms of dealing with them, um, my main strategy is, yes, to run away from them mainly. But if you find yourself cornered and you kind of see, oh, I really want to use this hallway, this one forest hallway, um, which goes to a dead end, so I really don't know why you'd want to. But either way, you basically whip out the knife and just start swinging. And that does work, believe it or not. Yeah, they end they, up flying into it. They have low health. So you could literally like kill them with anything in the game with one hit. Correct. No, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so this is great. I get to bring this up because I never got to talk about this with anyone else. So this will be great. Yes, they are really susceptible to every weapon in the game except one. Do you know what that one weapon is? Bazooka, I guess? No, what? Oh, no. The bazooka, you aim up and you hit him. No, the weapon I'm speaking of is the infinite rocket launcher. Oh, Oh, yeah. You want to know that, why? Because it's so slow. <laughs> no, that plus you can't aim up. So they fly right over it. You have to literally time it to where they, they're dipping down when you can hit them. I learned this the hard way when I was doing my speed runs with the infinite rocket launcher. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why can't I hit these bastards? So, yeah, it, if with the infinite rocket launcher, it's that big box one that you use at the end of the game to, to kill Tyrant. And right. that one you can't aim up or down. So the crows will just fucking fly over it. And you're like, son of a bitch. So, yeah, uh, bring out the knife for the Beretta. The infinite rocket launcher will not save you here. <laughs> Well, speaking of saving us, this is probably the creature, the next one up, is probably the one that has the most famous scene outside of the zombie, which is the Cerberus breaking through the window in the hallway. Oh, yes. Everyone's favorites. Uh, like, okay, everyone loves the fucking hallway scene, and I appreciate that the Cerberus are like plot devices in their own regard they get shit moving they can't go outside because the dogs are out there you know what i mean they right. have a presence and i appreciate that and the presence stays okay don't think uh don't think uh after coming back from the residence you could still go outside no they're still out there they want to eat mm. uh and these dobermans and they're all dobermans they're all the same all dobermans i don't i don't know why it has to be dobermans Never allowed to be another. It's I. I have to believe. Could that you the imagine virus, a fucking Tibetan mastiff, the biggest like fucking dog in the world? Because like they could do shit like that, but I guess for whatever reason, the virus only adapts to Dobermans or fucking something. 
I'm, I'm sure there's a file explaining why they only had Dobermans. I think you told me once that they like cloned them. I, I forget. I forget the it, reason it's why. some fucking, like, written-in explanation. But I think in RE2, they wanted to use another breed of dog, but the German Shepherds, and they didn't end up using it. So, like, they were like, nope, Cerberus, this is this is our fucking zombie dog forever. Um, They are relatively fast. Relatively? Yeah, I'd say they're pretty fast. No, because they're, they're, like, the third fastest in the game. So... I, I don't want to, like, say, oh, yeah, we should have said uh, crows are, are kind of fast and zombies are slow. Um, yeah, I was like, what would amount? But then again, it's like some zombies. No, oh, they get a run animation faster. out, of, out yeah, of nowhere. One of, like, they'll ran- Okay, so back to zombies really quick. Sometimes a zombie will have a random, like, I don't know, energy boost. And they'll run it. They'll walk it like double speed. And I call those like speed walking zombies. And they're fucking really scary, but they're not that hard to deal with. Just use the same shotgun method. Um, as for Cerberus, I'm kind of curious to hear how you approach them because when you turn the corner and you hear that, tick, 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 right. And you're like, oh, okay, well, there's a fucking Cerberus. Um, All right, what do I do? So this is super easy, barely an inconvenience. The Beretta, uh, usually okay. the Beretta. And then when they're down, you switch to the knife and you keep slashing them. But because you're slashing them and they're taking damage, they immediately fall again. So mm. you can... You can stun lock the creature. This is the one. This is one of the few times where you, as the player, can stun lock an enemy in this uh, in this game. That is correct. And like the Jill Valentine main, I am. I didn't discover the stun lock technique with the knife on on Cerberus's until like way later. Like when I was playing fucking. Uh, or like already one remake around that time. And I was like, holy shit, you can do what? So like, I, I didn't even know you could stun lock the fucking Cerberi, Cerberi, Cerberuses. I have no idea. Oh yeah, that's um, true. Usually they're in like packs, like two or three of yeah, them. Yeah, at least two or three. They do sometimes come one. There's the one time where you put the hall, the, the hallway where you put the sun crest, the moon crest, the star crest and the cloud crest. Yeah. Um, those four crests. There's a one lone Cerberus in that hallway, which is kind of weird. And you could but, also do one at a time in the gla- in the window hallway. So one mm-hmm. one breaks through, you could kill that one before you move on to go on to the other one. Yeah, most people just run on and then spawn both. And to be honest, I also do that because I just kind of run by both. So <laughs> right, I no, I learned my mistake because um, trying to fight both before knowing about the stun lock is. Bullshit. Well, because it's also a very small hallway. Yeah. And they do give you extra ammo, but it's like, yeah, there's no room to fucking dodge them at all. Um, what was I gonna say about that? So basically you just kind of fire at them from afar, and then when they get close, you know, finish them off with a knife, right? Actually, I fire them from afar, they're down. In the time it takes them to get up and they start growling, I'm already knifing them. So I purposefully run up and knife. And while you're knifing one, the other one will jump. And because of the animation, the hitboxes, you could get both and start stun locking both if if both are spawned. Yeah, no, abs- like that stun lock has such an AOE when they fucking jump in area. Oh, yeah. Or um, and it's really fucking useful. And I, I, I did. So I didn't have this strategy when I was playing as Jill. Right. 
And what I did was, is I would fire with the pistol, and then when they get close, use the shotgun and fucking one hit with them. But it, that wasn't always an option because, hey, shotgun ammo on dogs are not always the you know best uh, price, I guess. Like, you can take them out with the, the Beretta, and it's almost you know, more ideal to do so than the fucking shotgun. But the shotgun is just a good way if they're really close because they like to run together. And if you can oh, yeah. catch both of them with one shotgun blast, then there you go. It's one shotgun for two enemies, and then it's a worthwhile trade for me. And unfortunately, once you get to the residence, they're gone. Like in the main part of the game, like the, the second half, third part of the game, they're gone. Yeah, well, it's because they're replaced by something else, but yeah, I we'll think get there. it's weird that we never got another one. We'll get there. Um, so I think that's pretty much it on. So, oh well, one thing I'll mention is that the fucking Watchman's Diary. It's neat how like a he's an asshole for not feeding the dogs, but b it's cool that like they wrote in that you know some sort of backstory as to someone was watching these dogs and how they got loose and apparently someone one of them ate something. So like you know the little bit of backstories. Um, so moving on to the next enemy, we've got, um, the main character of Metal Gear Solid himself. Uh, <laughs> we have Mr. Solid Snake. Um, Snake! I, one bit of trivia, I will say, um, just from my end. And I know, and I know the minute I say this on the fucking show, it's going to happen. But I have never, ever in my entire fucking career of Resident Evil playing, have seen someone die to the snakes. Neither have I. I mean, you could try. I mean, I'm sure, right? Like, you should, like, be able to die from them, right? And there's really only one part where they spawn, and that's in the garden. Right. And, and aside from that, like, you would have to stand there and let them bite you to death. And, and that takes a long time because their bites have very little damage output. You'd have to go in there in danger and then still wait a while for them to kill you. You know what's funny is that they don't even do poison damage. And no, you would, and you'd think. You would think, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's not like the area that you're fucking, like, the garden isn't filled with blue herbs. So you're, like, anticipating that these fucking snakes are going to poison you. But no, they never do. I'm going to I'm going to also say um they're just snakes but I used to just call them baby yawns because yawn is a big boy that we'll see later but mm, I mean that, that we'll was, be talking about later. <laughs> yeah, that's that was like the pet name I I played this game for a couple friends and they would call them oh it's baby yawns after I told them the big snake was yawn. So that's it. I mean I run away this is, I think, similar to you. It's just easier to just run away. You can kill them, but you could just As run away. As the patron saint <clears throat> Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park once said, it's easier to run. All right. Um, so I, it's it's funny that you mentioned the name. I've also seen the name as Adder in a lot of places. I've so never, I don't know I, what the official I, name is. Yeah, I don't. If you know the official name, please tweet at us at Eagle and Wolf on our Twitter that we don't. That's right. Post nearly enough on. What, uh, dude, we post our episodes. If you want to yell at us directly once, at Bone King TV at Adrian Doodliness, <laughs> you know how it is. Come on, that's where we are. Let's right. not avoid our our, our identities. Already and next. Next in our list of big baddies, well, really, I should say small baddies, uh, I guess. Small and, and <laughs> God damn it. Like uh, daddy long legs. I don't know. It's spiders. Hey, 
the small so, and the and the bigger ones. Yes, right, because they come in two flavors. Um, so and sometimes one flavor inside the other flavor. So you'll run into the bigger spiders, kill them, and then there'll be a ton of little spiders that just come crawling out. Um, don't panic. Don't freak out. Uh, the best strategy, and I'm just going to say this now to, to circumvent everything, just go into another room and come right back. What ends up happening is that the, the little spot uh, spiders end up despawning, and they're just not even there anymore, and you don't even have to fight them. So don't worry about little spiders. Just run away like a scared little girl and uh, come back, and you'll be totally fine. Not only that, but the little spiders are, like, impossible to shoot at. More often than not, you're spending more time just crunching them. If you like that satisfying crunch... I was going to say, why bother fucking firing at them when you could literally run over them? Um, well, I mean, if you have that much time and ammo, you know. But, like, again, why would you even bother? Just go out in the, to the next room and come back, and they're entirely gone. Now, the biggest thing is dealing with the bigger spiders, which, honestly, there aren't really that many times they show up, period. It's mainly just in the guardhouse. Yeah, yeah, it's the guardhouse. Um, and they really only have two attacks. One is the bite, and the other is like the venom vomit, venom spit, mm -hmm. or whatever. And the venom spit will leave you poisonous, but the bite won't. And Which is weird. I didn't even know that. I thought the bite would poison you. It's a fucking spider bite. Yeah, but, you know, some trial and error, and it never poisoned. Only the venom did. The venom spit did. Uh, which, mm. whatever. It looks eerily similar mm. to the zombie's mm. vomit, so... Oh, well. Oh, uh, what? Uh, Reused asset? Quiet, you. <laughs> um, I would like to say that they pretty much, if you can avoid them, you should. But shotgun's usually the way to go with them. I don't, mm. I don't see any reason to use anything else. Um, well, Captain fucking Critical over here might, like, consider using the Beretta to maybe get a critical on them as they're coming by, because they can pop, but the thing is, is that I, I find that even rarer than fucking zombie headshots, so it's it's almost entirely worth it to just go one shotgun blast, and that's really it. If not, I think it's like two, but two max. Oh, uh, I from my memory, again, haven't played in a minute, but... It usually takes like two or three shotgun blasts. But hey, uh, maybe maybe you're the one here getting criticals with Jill and she gets critical with all guns, I guess. I mean, it's just like the shotgun is, as you say, more disposable for my Jill mainness. So I don't know. I kind of use it on a lot of things that are uh, the next tier above zombies. So, yeah, I, I would like to point out that I... Oh, uh, when when I started playing this game, I always thought they were just giant tarantulas, but really they're just web spinners and they're not tarantulas. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for your tidbit on the Arachnid Hour. I I, I do appreciate <laughs> this bit of trivia. I I didn't know it. I call it spider die spider, but you know, I, <laughs> I know Take, I'm gonna piss off some spider fans. You mean just Doctor Rude? Um, well, of course, the fucking Spider-Man fan knows fucking Spider-Man shit. I mean, spider shit. Well, whatever. Anyway, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything specific to mention about them. I guess, like, in terms of strategy, run away, I guess, is my biggest strategy. You really don't need to kill all of them or any of them, really. Right. And I agree with you. Uh, they're they're not that difficult to deal with. And I think we could uh, we spent more time on them than they are in the game. So... <laughs> Should we move on? I just wanted to say that they are not a problem, but if you do fight multiple of them, like in that one room at the end of the guardhouse hallway, 
like that's annoying because one of them will spit at you while you're fighting the other one. So if you can get them all in the same direction and just shotgun blast in one, you're pretty much good. And then on the other side of it, you don't really need to go in there all that much. So just don't. Yeah, it's only <laughs> for one key item and that's it. It's for I think it's for a puzzle. And, and I don't even think there is a key item in there. I don't even think you have to go in there. Yeah, no, it is for a puzzle. The red book is in there to open oh, the yeah. door to go to plan 42. Because I know the billiard, uh, the pool table is there, too. And then that's for something worth the fucking yeah. shit. Yeah, we could spoil it. It's the Vigil. Yeah, it's Vigil. But I mean, th whatever. They also give you the fucking Vigil on the fucking wall. Someone carves it in. So, like, why even? Anyway, moving forward, uh, we got the next enemy in our list. We got the Bumblebees, otherwise the known as the Wasps. Yes. Um, um, these, these only appear in the guardhouse as well. And it's one room. Yeah. yeah. And and the it, the best strategy, again, is to sort of avoid them. I'm not trying to say that for any uh, for every enemy, but literally you, you should avoid them because even if you take the time to kill them, another one will just respawn in its place. These enemies are infinite. I always wondered that because I, I have once like spent a couple clips just shooting and it just seemed endless like they would not stop spawning. Because they won't. I know this because I used to knife. I, I when I played as uh, the DS version, I, I got really ballsy and I was like running into the actual place where they spawn and I was knifing them as they came out. They do not stop. It will oh literally go on forever. Jesus. So, so it's, don't even bother with them. <laughs> so just run away. Run away. But uh, if you do kill them, uh, they do have a very interesting tidbit about the corpses they leave around. Uh, when you shoot them out of the sky, you can actually walk the, over the, over their bodies, much like the spiders, and you can squish them. And it turns out that the wasps actually have little firecrackers in them. Because when you step on them, they go, pa, And it's, like, way louder than even your fucking handgun. So I'm wondering, like, what the hell is in this wasp? And don't think that, like, oh, I was just going around, because I did kill the wasps, like, in that one hallway. But I found this out in the cutscene where you walk, uh, run in on Wesker killing a bunch of these wasps. Mm. He leaves, like, two of them on the ground for you and you could step over them and then you get that giant fucking explosive noise and I'm like damn man that, that I wonder if Wesker noticed this like I don't know anyway that's the wasp did you have anything else you want to add to them no not really I it is a satisfying crunch and their blood is orange but that's about it was it orange or was it green I remember it being orange but I could mm. be wrong I could be wrong I vaguely remember green. Write us on Twitter. Let us know which one w w is the correct one and how we're both wrong. Please just talk blue. to us on Twitter. We keep Please, asking we're you. We're so alone. We're trapped in this mansion. There's no escape. Wow. What a mansion. Um, well, anyway. speak speaking of that mansion, when we get back to the mansion, right, we get our helmet no. key. Uh, we, we, we evaded the residence. We go through the garden once again. And we go back to the mansion to finally unlock those last doors. A certain enemy uh, joins us and replaces all the zombies that were there. Uh, it is also George's favorite enemy to deal with. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolute favorite. Yeah, 100%. I love... And I mean, underline love how they stun lock you in a fucking corner and they basically could just end an entire playthrough just because of their awkward ass goddamn size and how they lock you into this corner and just stun lock. You. I'm just saying it's not a I don't think 
That is good enemy AI if they could literally just trap you and not give you a chance to respawn. Especially if there's fucking two of them. Not okay, only look, that, I got, not, I got a lot to go that, over in this. You go, you you say your piece, and then I'll I'll go come back later. Go. Not only that, they're the only enemy, I think, aside from a boss, that has an instant kill. And we are talking, of course, of everyone's favorite green enemy, the hunter. Which is uh. like the baddest motherfuckers in Resident Evil lore, honestly. They are so fast, so agile, they are you know, your asshole will pucker up once you deal with them. Uh, do not do not even try with a handgun. Don't try with a knife. You either go shotgun and up. For Chris, it's shotgun and Colt Python, maybe, if you have enough ammo. And for Jill, it's bazooka, maybe the Colt if you've already unlocked it. And obviously, yeah, the shotgun. Because well, the shotgun has enough stopping power that they'll like lie down and you could focus on the other one because they're usually in pairs. Usually. Right. So here's the deal. Um, as uh, when I play Resident Evil and I don't I don't think this is going to be the same case with every Jill Valentine player, but I usually never touch the Magnum except for bosses. I literally save that thing just for boss encounters, so I, I'm basically using the shotgun and the bazooka mainly for hunters. And even then, I don't feel comfortable using the bazooka all that often because of its arc. Now, there's a thing that fucking hunters love to do when they're they're running at you. So you got the shotgun prepped and you're all ready to fire at their fucking face when they get close. But then... Because they're hunters, and because they're so fucking advanced, they know exactly when to jump. Every fucking time. So when they're running at me, and I'm ready, okay, come close, and I'm gonna knock you down, they jump over my shotgun blast and swipe me in the face. And I'm like, son of a fucking bitch. Like, they have, like, three moves, I believe. There's, like, a regular swipe, there's a jumping swipe, and then, like, the actual fucking decap if you're at danger. And, by the way, that's what sets it off, if you didn't know, if you're in caution or below. And I think it's even yellow caution, which is kind of fucked. I thought it was just orange, but I don't know. Um, but caution or danger will allow them to access their fucking hidden jutsu, and they can do instant death decaps. I, I... I hate how this enemy always reads me like a fucking book. Every single time I'm about to fire my goddamn gun, they jump over it. And it's worse with the bazooka because I can't even sometimes catch them because the shotgun has more of a spread and I can actually maybe shoot them out of the air sometimes. But not with the bazooka because it has that fucking arc and it's so much more centralized. So I just have so many fucking like... I have so much footage of me getting just entirely bitch slapped by hunters because they know exactly when to jump over my ass and it's no one's fault but my goddamn own and I hate these fucking things. I hate them, I hate them, I hate them! I actually love dealing with them because they're the most threatening <laughs> yes. ones. They're the most of a challenge. So when I die, I'm like, good shit, good shit. All right, now I, now I gotta try harder. I got to try harder because they put me in my place. They're the only ones that will put a player in their place, as they, you just said. But they um, only do that because they stun lock you. I have a feeling whenever you die, it's not because, oh, hey, I, they hit me and I didn't, you know, have a, I wasn't able to, to f get enough ammo into them. No, it's they hit you and then they stun lock you before you can aim again, hit you and then hit you and then you die. Right? Right. 
No, you're it, right. You're every right. time. And if it's not that, it's like, oh, hey, I, I managed to get out of the fucking gank fest where I'm getting like stunlocked in a corner. Let me run away and decap swipe. And it's like, well, then what the like, what did I even fucking do here? Like, you know, God damn it. Uh, it comes to mind now. It, you probably love playing as Carlos in remake three just to fucking like punch him in the face. To be honest, I don't like playing as Carlos in in either original or remake because of the hunters. Just because we're okay, we can't talk about the hunters in RE three make. We can't talk about the hunters in our RE three yet. We're focusing on the RE one hunters, which, to be honest, are my favorite versions of hunters. I will definitely say that at the that very dark least. green. You like that dark green? I love the design of these hunters, and they are less plentiful in RE1, believe it or not. So I actually kind of like them more here. Yeah, I agree with you. And they also bring back the whole like Cerberus thing of like breaking through a window in one particular hallway. They are fucking, they are scary. They, they, they scare me more than any creature in this game. Yeah, and they, they do like this screeching noise, and it, it's actually fucking terrifying. Like, I, I love the sound design for these enemies. By the way, we haven't been putting a lot of emphasis on the sounds, which are very important because when you get into a room, what's the first thing you're doing? Listening out for a specific sound effect got so it. that you know what's in the room with you. And then, roll, boom, rolling, you got it. Roll for observation. Yeah, pretty much. And almost never do they ever hide an enemy until you get close to it. You will always hear it coming, at least for a good while before it actually shows up. Um, so like hunters, they have like a same kind of ticky tacky on the ground, like the dot, like the server I do, Cerberuses do, but they also kind of like have a screeching noise that fucking lets you know, oh yeah, that's that evil hell spawn. I know that noise. <laughs> Uh, I'm, it makes me want to play it again. Just dealing with them. I really I, enjoy God them. They're, my, they're one of my favorites. I really do enjoy dealing with them. I wish that, like, I like them a lot. I just hate the tendency that they, they can do the swipe attack so soon after it. Like, I don't know. I'd like a little bit more of a cooldown. Some more oh, and frames, they please. Have, they, they also have a shitload of range. Because they fucking launch themselves at you. No, even even the swipe, it has so much range. And oh if you're God. shooting with the pistol, they, they're so low to the ground with that that you can't hit them. Well, even you if you shoot them with the pistol, they don't even react. Yeah, because the pistol's nothing. It's like, you're going to hit me with a 9mm? Fuck you. 12 gauge and up, though? bitch. Three, three pistol bullets should at least make you stagger. God damn it. Don't fucking poise Dark Souls poise your way over to me. It's fucking bullshit. Um, I, I don't if, know. If, I, you, if you guys can run away, if, if you freaks out there can run away from, from the hunter, you should. Don't ever fight one if you're not at full health. As uh, Wolf said, they will instant kill you if you're not at full health. Because you'll be on, like, yellow caution, and then you'll get hit once, and bam, you're at orange caution, and now you're susceptible to whatever decap. So it's like, go into those situations as healthy as you can. Um, I'm not going to say, like, oh my god, they are, you know, super strong enemies where you have to literally run, there's no point in fighting them. You can. You can stun lock them with the shotgun. You can get them to knock down, and as soon as, as, soon as they get up, though, because you do not shoot them when they're on the floor... 
You shoot them, they get on the ground. If you shoot them again when they're on the floor, they get back up. They don't even realize you shot them. So you have to like shoot them, wait for them to stand back up, then shoot them again with the shotgun and keep that going until they're dead. Right. Now we have to go to the arguably a worse version of them. And the this is the only game they're in or this is the only storyline they're in because they're also in Resident Evil uh, remake, of course, uh, which is the Chimera. Well, I mean, some would say the RE3's uh, brain demos and the brain drainer, whatever the fuck. Uh, wait, drain demos and brain eater, something like that. Those are kind of like offshoots of the Chimera. So they kind of did something similar again. Yeah, but I always thought of these like as cockroaches because they're so brown and they have like wings and shit and they're fucking disgusting. They are really disgusting. Apparently, these are actually flies. Like this is like a reference to the fly where they're like human DNA mixed with flies and that's why they look like that. I got to be honest with you. I fucking love these things. I don't know why they haven't used these ever again past RE3. No, I agree like, with you. I want them back. They're disgusting to look at. You know, like, I, this is a great idea in terms of mixing the insect with the T-virus. Because you go to RE0, and we're not doing an episode on RE0, but a lot of the en- enemies are, are, are sort of big versions of an animal. A big bug, a big bat, a big something. Chimera is literally half human, half fly and you really get that feeling that it's like this decrepit body with its like skin peeling off i love the design of these things and it's a shame that they really don't get the attention that i feel like they deserve they're they're basically a more manageable version of the hunter and i never really had a problem with them to be honest neither did i i usually deal with a shotgun with them or a colt python because at that point you have so much ammo the colt python you might as well but, and as I said before, Cult Python is uh, exclusive to Tyrant, so I basically use shotgun and bazooka, and mainly bazooka by this point, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, as a, a Jill main, you would use the bazooka. As a Chris main, all I have is two things. Got it. Uh, you, have, you have one more than me. That's, yes. And uh, I still insist Jill isn't easy mode for whatever reason. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, let me know. Uh, do you have enough item slots? Oh, you have eight? I have six. All right, that's cool. That's cool. No, that's okay. I'll just go to the item box. I just got to get around this locked door. You know, the one with the simple lock. <laughs> oh, the one that opens with your lock pick that is given to you? Yeah, awesome. I, I will say there's one thing Jill has above Chris, and it's, it is one. the fact that I, I, it is the fact that I can feel comfortable in the big brawny arms of Mr. Barry Burton, okay? That is the one plus I think I have. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to mention about chimeras? I feel like... I want to say more about them, but they're way more prevalent in Remake than they are in RE1 regular. Yeah, even in RE1 regular, they're just in one side of the lab, and that's it. You don't really deal with them outside of that lab. And again, uh, they are very fast, so running away from them, they're, it's not ideal usually because they will catch up to you but they uh, <laughs> they don't have as much health as the hunter i feel 
No, they don't. And to be honest, as as my strategy usually is to run away, they're actually pretty easy to run by. They 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 spend a lot of their time fucking around on the roof that I, I usually don't even end up having to fight most of them. And if they do drop down, the lab is sort of designed in a way where it is like there's circles. There's that one little hallway near the stairs where you could just run back and run around them. I, I never usually have to fight the chimeras. It's really interesting. Um, but when I do, it's with Dosekis. No, I'm kidding. But when I do, it's with um, the shotgun bazooka, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, I agree. I usually just deal with the shotgun with them. Um, of course, run, as always. Uh, so I think that's all the basic enemies in Resident Evil. I think we're ready to start tackling the bosses. Let's get into boss battle mode. First up, Yawn. Oh, Yanni. Oh, Yanni. So okay. at this point, I think both know because Jill does get the fucking bazooka from from Robert Forrest. Sorry, from Forrest. Yes, he's been um, picked to death by crows. Um, yeah, I mean it's funny because Yon is a reoccurring boss fight. He shows up two times, which I don't think any other boss does. No, not in this game. No, Tyrant. Oh, I guess you're right. There is two different encounters. One of them you could skip entirely, but you're entirely right. Yes, that is true. Um, I will mention just for those, I don't know why you'd be listening to the podcast if you don't know what Resident Evil enemies are, but Yon is the giant snake. Um, he's basically the one you fight in the attic, and then he shows up again in this big fuck-off piano room. So, like, that's, that's like, the two places where he shows up. Uh... He can, he poisons you, essentially, if he bites you. And, and the first time you fight him in the attic, if you get bit once, you have to go through the entire goddamn serum side quest or whatever the fuck. <laughs> serum side quest. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. Um, well, for you, it's a side quest. For me, I collapse in my big brawny Barry's arms and he, ta he carries my ass to the fucking serum room. I'm fine. There is a way, though, depending on how you go about it, but Jill herself has to go to the medicine room to get serum. Yeah, I, I forgot. I always, which way I to always do that. forget how to make that happen, but there is instances where you don't have, you can't be carried by Barry. It's weird, and, and this is one of the reasons why I think RE1 is actually kind of genius. Well, kind of genius. It is genius. But this one, what makes RE1 really special to me is that I'm still not 100% sure how to make all the events happen. It's like RE3 in that regard, which you probably know how to do all the events in RE3. But, like, it can jump into multiple paths. Like, yeah. it, it's weird that some of the decisions you make can lead to entirely different cutscenes, which may not really change the overall, all, like, ending or main story, but it changes how you approach that. Like, for example, um, this is not really Yon uh, themselves, but when you fight Yon a second time and you eventually kill him, uh, when you're playing as Jill, you find a hole in the ground, and you basically, Barry's like, wow, that's some hole in the ground, why don't you jump in and find out? And he fucking, you go in, and then the rope falls falls and he's like now i've done it hold on jill i'll be right back with some more rope so any fucking video game player would just run ahead and you can go down the ladder and don't even wait for him but you can actually wait for barry and he will come back with rope yeah that's true 
And I was like, what? He's actually here. And you go back and you explore together. And it, 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 he runs off ahead because exploring together means I'll run off ahead. But like, it's still cool that you can have completely different cutscenes just based on what you do. <laughs> I love Resident Evil. Hey everyone, this is George, the Bone King, interrupting this transmission to tell you about the Fan Freaks Podcast, the podcast where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. Check us out on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Hope to get freaky with you all very soon. Resident Evil 1's great. By the way, that whole thing about like, uh, I'll go with you, but I'll run off ahead. That's a big Rebecca moment, right? Yeah. She's like, yeah. oh, and you're like, come with me, Rebecca. And she's like, oh, I'll go with you. But I'm going to stay looking at some of the medicines for a bit. It's like, bitch, that's not what this means. It means come with me. I'm scared. <laughs> but uh, um, back to Yawn. Back to Yawn. So, yes, it is completely skippable. You can skip the first boss fight. The second one, you cannot. You have to kill him. And he mm. he's also one of the few creatures in this game i think to have two different appearances because the first one he's completely green and and underneath white as a regular snake usually is but then when he comes back he's got all this blood red splotches on him mm -hmm. i always I wondered if that was like a thing where we left that mark on him because i wasn't really sure yeah i don't either but regardless of whether you fight him in the first time or not, he shows up like that again. You know I, I mean? thought he was red the whole time. If I recall, he has those blotches from the beginning, but I really could be convinced that he didn't have it in the first one. <laughs> no, I'm I'm 100 percent sure he's green all the way through on the first boss fight. I He wasn't red in the, the second. One. He's red in the second one, but not in the first one. All right. Um, well, I thought you were going to say when you said he's one of the only bosses, but he's one of the only bosses to have a... Well, no, I guess all the bosses have an instant kill, but his instant kill is really interesting. Um, the devourer? I mean, yeah, he just straight up swallows you. And I mean, I don't know if this... It's again, I think it's based on your health status, whether you're a caution or whatnot, because that really activates all the fucking instant kill moves. Um, but I really never got to that point, to be honest, maybe in the second boss fight, but in the first one in the attic, it's not really a necessary boss fight. You can really run past him, grab the crest and run back out. And it's totally possible to do that without getting bit because you can kind of get he gets kind of caught up on his own coil. So yeah. like you can get around it that way. And if you do that, you just totally circumvent the first boss fight. You don't even need to fucking waste any ammo. You got your key item. You're done. But the second one, that's the one you kind of have to worry about a little bit. But by that point, you got the bazooka. You got fucking acid rounds and you're ready to fight a boss. So I I, I never really had a problem with Yon part two. The only thing is, is don't stay still. Right. 100%. That's like the biggest thing. Like, don't yeah. fucking stay still. Uh, also. The second time you should already have the cold python. So that's also ready for the, the second boss fight. I personally think he's a great first boss. And I wish we could see more iterations of big snakes. But what, wait, are you for real? Yeah, I like big big snake monsters. Do do you not recall the the highly iconic and memorable boss snake in RE6 in Chris's campaign? I don't. What Resident What's Resident Evil Six? 
Good question. Uh, anyway, this uh, fucking Yon, he, he's a great guy. I like, I you know, I hang out with him on Thursdays. Um, I, I'm trying to think of other aspects of the, the actual boss fight. I itself, thought you were going to do a snake impression and be like, these guys, you know, <laughs> with, with just heavy S's. I thought you were going to do a whole thing. My bad. <laughs> no, it's, I mean... I'm trying to think of a drink that starts with S, but I'm so fucking lame, I can't think of one. I'll have a Sarsaparilla. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no, I mean, the boss fight, it just, again, move around because he'll basically lunge at you and do little hits here and there. Um, and that's kind of it. And that's really the end of Yawn, unless uh, you, can, you can think of something else. It, it's funny that you say to use the cult Python on a snake. I never thought about that. Yeah. There you go. Um, All right. Next boss. So the next boss, excuse me, is Neptune, which Mm -hmm. is honestly really impressive looking. Once you run away from him and then come back and then just avoid him completely. You don't even have to kill him. He's not even a boss. Oh, this was a boss fight? (laughs) Yes. Uh, you just run. You just run. Literally, you, you just run. There's no point in shooting because he's underwater. And then you drain the aqua ring, and it's oh, like, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. Did I ever? Oh my god, I get an opportunity to talk about this. So, in the Resident Evil novelization by S.D. Perry, the Umbrella Conspiracy, Chris reasons that there is no reason to fire at Neptune because every marksman knows to never fire bullets underwater. Yes, that, I that's, just, I, that, that's actually accurate. Sure, but like, what about firing into the water? That, that's not a bad idea. You, you could still do that. That's still a vibe. It's, it's harder to aim, sure. I just think it's funny because they were like, no, let me, SC Perry is like, I gotta, next, I gotta add an explanation to how you need to just run away. That's that, that's it. Let's do it. Chris knows better and he just keeps running. It makes sense. Um, completely. I do wish uh, this was more impressive, but it's really just run away. It's more of like a set piece, because if you don't run away fast enough, it's an instant death. He just he just basically devours you whole, and that's the entire end of that. Um, in the remake, they made it a little bit more of a viable, actually interesting encounter. But, uh, you know, I guess the original, it, it's just kind of like a, it's a set piece. It really is. Well, speaking of set pieces, should we move on? Well, no, this this one's not a set. Neptune is a set piece. By the way, Neptune's a giant shark. I don't know if we even fucking said that. Um, but yeah, Neptune. And the most satisfying thing is when you drain the fucking area and you just see them flopping about and you just knife them. <laughs> just knife them while they're flapping about. Um, but yes, let's move on to the what Eagle is calling a set piece. What I call the stage, Plant 42. Yep, the Phantom of the Opera of all bosses in this. Uh, Phantom of the Opera? Yeah, he's very operatic. There's like, it's it's almost like a Platinum Games villain. He like takes up a whole room. It's multiple stages. You could go from the bottom floor to the second floor. It's in the main uh, ballroom of the residence. And yeah, I don't know why there's fucking, a ballroom in the guardhouse. <laughs> I, I, I don't either, but he's a massive motherfucker. And he has multiple ways to die. That is, is correct. Um, so for Jill, there's there's a couple ways. One, you could do the whole V-Jolt thing and weaken him. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and depending on the level of difficulty, you could just straight up kill him with just the Vigil. Like when you walk into the room, he's already dead. I mean, uh, he's not dead dead. No, it still takes no, like there, three no, shots. No, there's a way to instant kill him with the Vigil. I mean, you go to his roots, you put it on the roots, and you go back up. He's super weak. I don't think he instantly dies. There's a way to instantly kill him with the Vigil, okay. where you don't even fire a bullet into him. Uh, there's another one where Jill is captured and Barry shows up with a flamethrower. Yeah, that one's a great one. Uh, for Chris, he gets caught. Rebecca has to make the V-Jolt and then goes down and does it on the roots. And then Chris, for some reason, is still alive and gets to shoot him now that he's weakened. And also just just shoots him. And he says my one of my favorite lines in all of Resident Evil 1. No, it's not Jill Sandwich. No, it's not Master of Unlocking. It's, well, Rebecca, we sure got to the root of that problem. What a great line. Great. So <laughs> <You're> 90s. <right. laughs> so 90s. I'm uh, just saying, everyone loves to talk about all of Jill's lines. And you know me. I'd be the first to, to talk about Jill. But fuck, Chris's campaign has some funny lines, too. Rebecca herself is fucking hysterical. What? Oh, no. <laughs> uh... I have no idea what Plant 42 is like based off. You can make the argument it's the Venus flytrap, but whatever. Um, I, are, you, are you sure it's not a reference to fucking Little Shop of Horrors? <laughs> could be. Very much could be. It's not a. I can't say any of these things are references. And nothing's confirmed. Wait, what year did the Little Shop of Horrors come out? Was it 40, 1942? Bro, I don't know, but it is, I don't know. I'm not going to say that that is an inspiration, but it is clear that they took like, what I like about Plant 42 in general, just really quick, is that the guardhouse, it's all thematic around Plant 42. When you get there, you notice vines everywhere. You notice spiders. You notice that there's the plant life is overtaking the guardhouse. It, it is more, it's actually building up to the boss than I feel like a lot of the other areas do. The mansion really doesn't build up to Yon. Um, the fucking water tank, really, he's just there for Neptune, you know what I mean? I right. feel like Plant 42 actually has the buildup. And, and when you get in there, the soundtrack that plays, it's like so different from anything else you were hearing at that time. I really think Plant 42 is such an interesting concept for a boss fight, so much so that he makes an appearance in RE2 in the background. hey oh. I always thought that was just a giant vagina. It's a giant, it is a giant vagina plant. It's not plant 42, but I think remake calls it plant 43 or something like that. Yeah. 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 Also, it's yeah, really I'm completely off. Uh, 1982 is when Little Shop of Horrors came out. So no, that's totally fine. But what and I like then, about, and then it's original sorry. was 1960. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. What I like about plant beyond just the thematic aspect in terms of you fighting it, 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 kind of fits with the game's theme of like, you could approach this scenario a different way. Is Barry on good terms with you? Did you ask Barry to come with you? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Did you use V-Jolt? No. Well, you could still fight him, but it's going to be a lot harder. I, I love the freedom in that aspect. That kind of like little extra side quest you can do to sort of like add, make this boss fight a little bit easier on you. In terms of what to use against it, I find myself always using the fucking flame rounds on the bazooka. But since you don't have that, I'm wondering what do you do? <laughs> Shotgun. 
Well, what else can you fucking use, I guess? I haven't unlocked the cold python yet, so shock. <laughs> Man, I feel bad. Like, Jill has so many options. I love that for, about her. Like, it's like, oh, I can bring the flame rounds for this boss, and I can keep the acid rounds for the hunters. I don't know. Is, is it is it less that Jill is easy mode and that Jill is the uh, full experience mode? Maybe, maybe. I like how you keep trying to walk back her being easy mode, even though you've already admitted that she is easy. Whichever reasoning I give lets me talk more about Jill is what I'll do. You have to understand this. Uh, um, she is the main character for a reason. <laughs> aside from Plant 42 being used for a lot of hentai, what else do we talk about? Oh boy, the ten Resident Evil loves tentacles, man. There's a fucking big theme in a lot of these I, things. I uh, I blame Resident Evil for a lot of my kinks. So yes, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree I, with you. I also yes, my biggest kink of holding my shots. I you know when I'm about to come, I go no no wait wait. I gotta conserve <laughs> for, a future, <laughs> for a future encounter. You must understand, and then I run away. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, Plant 42 is great. Just keep wa keep walking around, like keep running, never stay still because he has this really fucking annoying aspect where the roof will cave in specifically where you're standing, like some sort of goddamn lock on attack. So, uh, yeah, keep moving against Plant 42. Uh, that's all I've got for Plant 42. Ready for a new one? Yes. So when we go from probably arguably the second hardest enemy in the game without Vigil, right? I would argue that. Yeah, we go no, to I definitely ar argue Arguably that. the second easiest enemy in the game, aside from Neptune. Uh, well, hold on, wait, wait. When you said second hardest enemy in the game, you're talking about before Hunters, right? <laughs> I meant bosses, but sure. Okay, sure. just wasn't uh, sure. I wasn't sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to be dead-ass honest with you. I think Black Tiger is super easy. Well, so Black Tiger is a spider that you find in the basement area. Of the garden. Of the garden. And to be honest, it's like in that weird cavernous area that like randomly is under a waterfall because I guess they're like contractually obligated to have a secret behind every waterfall. And mm. that just goes to show you that TLC was right. Don't go chasing waterfalls and you won't have this. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so Black Tiger is interesting in the sense that it's basically you in a room with a giant spider enemy. Like, it's the same as the spider enemies, just way bigger. But doesn't mean it has more health than the other ones. Does it? I, I guess it would. I think it does have more Bro, health, obviously. you could, like, kill it with, like, three flame rounds. Yeah, well, that's why. That's why it was really hard for me to tell. But I think it does have more health just because the spiders will go down. The regular big spiders, they'll go down with one flame round, I think. So, like, this just took a few. And that's why I'm like, oh, okay, this is why it takes a lot. But it's one or two. It's like, it's that small of a fucking difference. Bro, like, this is the easiest fucking thing. Chris gets a flamethrower only in this boss fight. You never get to use it again. Cause it's a key item mm -hmm. and yeah, that like it's either flame rounds from a bazooka. You can use a shotgun. If you're really like that type of person, that type of player, that's like, like I got to save every ammo that I have for the bazooka or I don't want to use a flamethrower. This one time weapon, 
whatever. <laughs> the one exclusive they gave me, free ammo. <laughs> I don't want this. You could. You could. I've met people on on Resident Evil Stars posting that, that are like, it's shotgun the entire game. That's it. I'm like, okay, you're that guy or girl, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's just yeah. weird because there aren't many instances where they do that, where they're like, here's a weapon for this boss specifically. Right? I would like to say I love the set piece of everything because everything's webbed and you do get like maybe one other spider to show up as like its baby trying to fight with its mother or some shit. The add-on, yeah. But what else is there to say? It's got the same uh, move set, bite and venom spray. It can poison you, but there's plenty of blue herbs around. Not in that room, obviously, but still. But, like, right outside. Like, literally yeah. the next room has it. Also, in this room, they give you a knife just to open a web door. So oh, you need... whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. So they placed a knife before an area where you're forced to cut something? Yeah, just like in Code Veronica where they just placed like a they knife. Just like they didn't do in Code Veronica, sir. Bro. They did it in that room. It's shiny. It's right there in Code Veronica. You could find the knife on the floor. Where? Well, okay. Which one are you talking about? In the remake of the Spencer Mansion where you're trying to save okay. Claire. I'm you're talking playing about the Antarctic fucking tentacle, which you can't even get there yet. But uh, the one where you first arrive in Antarctica, the one I bitch about. Yes, and yes, late, the ammo toll. No yes, the yes, ammo toll. Yeah, there's no fucking knife there because the game assumes that you would go to the... Why are we doing the verses again? Be because this situation is such a prime example of how a well-designed version of this would be. Where it's like, yes, you'd imagine you'd go into the boss room with full George, of ammo too. You already won that versus. Why I'm just must you, saying. Why I'm must just you saying. insist on bringing up old wounds? Because I have to keep swiping. I have to get that, that stun lock. You have to understand. Um, keep swinging. So just by the way, the reason why the knife is there in the Black Tiger fight is that, is that you there's have a webbed to, up door. Right. You have to literally start swinging the knife at the door and the webs will start breaking off. Now, if you thought this fight was pretty much like a cakewalk before, you don't even have to engage in it. You could literally just grab the knife or use a couple of your bazooka rounds. It's really just three of them if you want to count it and just open the door and just run. You do not even need to fight this boss. Yeah, but if you use the bazooka rounds, you you pretty much killed it. It's got the lowest sure. health of all the bosses. But if you don't even want to use it, uh, you're right. And now that I think about it, in terms of the price for three bazooka shots for the door versus two bazooka shots for the actual boss, yeah, maybe it's worth using the bazooka rounds for the boss, but I end up just using the knife. You get a knife there, you use it to cut the door, and you fucking leave. Just make sure you don't have auto-aim on, or else you'll keep fucking targeting the, the boss the whole time. Yeah. More often than not, though, I just... Fuck that. I just end up... Uh killing the boss and moving on. The problem is, as a Chris main, you have to go back to the item box in the hallway before, after getting that knife, because you only have six, six spaces. 
And the thing is, that's actually beneficial to you anyway, because as I mentioned earlier, the little spiders despawn when you leave the room. So when, when you kill Black Tiger, a bunch of little spiders come out and they're supposed to be a pain in the ass while you cut down the door. But if you leave the uh, through the door you came in, then and come back in, you literally just find that all the little spiders are gone and you just go ahead and cut the door with no problems. I just realized they really took a giant shit on spiders in the OG trilogy, didn't they? And I guess that's why they don't show up in the newer games, because they tried them again in RE2 and 3. And I don't I think they're just as fucking deadly there in the sense that they're not at all. So I don't know. We'll get to it when we actually tackle RE2. But moving on. uh, I feel bad for spiders. Uh, Yeah, this is the last boss of the game here. We've made it to the end of the boss battle, the end of the tower, so to speak. Codename Dio. Uh, the creature. <laughs> so in the beta, apparently, uh, Tyrant was originally called Dio. I don't know if that's a JoJo reference. Feel free to speculate it as you please. It is a JoJo reference. Everything's a JoJo know. reference. No, you, but I don't know because they were so obsessed with classic rock that it could be a Dio reference, like the band Dio. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. Like, it's entirely possible with all the fucking Queen references in RE2 um, and and Zero. But anyway, um, Tyrant. Let's focus on Tyrant. Uh, Let me live, George. (laughs) Why are you being such a mother lover? Okay? Calm down, mother love. Man, this this podcast is made in heaven. So. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell I love how it's always random like like be like songs that from Queen that not everyone even talks about like we don't see a character with a jacket that says another one bites the dust or, or anything like no it's always the most obscure songs that's how you know they're big Queen here's fans. the thing here's why I'm saying it's a Jojo reference it's because the game the series does have Jojo references very famously the locker in Resident Evil 2 oh says Jojo <laughs> It's Jojo, so not only that, he looks like Dio a little bit, like Dio from from Stardust Crusaders. I, I do not see that at all, but it, it, I will. If he had blonde hair, it's Dio. It's one-to-one Dio. I want someone out of the infinite fucking mods for Resident Evil, someone just to add Dio's haircut to fucking. Oh, uh, and could we re- get a, a Zawaddle where as soon as he takes a step towards you, he, he pauses time. And replace the the giant red heart with that that metal green heart he has on his outfit. Sure, I'm down. I'm just saying Please. a lot of different things you could do here. Anyway, Tyrant himself. Sorry to keep fucking detracting from the point. The T002 Tyrant, which to this day he's like my favorite Tyrant design. I love this fucking guy's design. Whoa! Overexposed heart and everything. I know how that Whoa. sounds. Oh, really? You prefer this Tyrant? He Over Super Tyrant from Resi 2? Super Tyrant from Resi 2 kind of has like a, a battle damage aesthetic. And that's cool. Don't get me wrong. And I like that. But it seems less like a Frankenstein's monster where I think that's the point of Tyrant. Like yeah. the reason why his heart is on the outside and now he has this huge fucking claw hand. I got the idea that he was kind of like a Frankenstein's monster built up from different body parts. That's, you know, that's what he was in the bottom of the lab. Yeah, and not, not only that, he is very physically imposing, which is a very Frankenstein thing because Frankenstein's mm. monster thing because he's what, oh, right, nine right. feet tall. Yeah, I don't know his specific height. He is shorter than Lady Dumitrescu in Village. That much we know at some point. 
So he's around the same height, if not a little bit smaller. Um, I, I always said that if one of them was in a fighting game, the other person could just be an alternate costume. But I digress. Let's talk about actually interacting with Tyrant. So, so he gets two encounters. He gets two encounters and he kind of starts out relatively slow in the first encounter. He's kind of walking for a majority of the moves. Yeah, um, he's I, I mimic it to a fawn, a baby deer learning how to like walk because the second encounter is where he's fully unleashed, fully adult. So that would not I, have been the first <laughs> example. I think of him as a baby deer. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's way more gentle than I was considering. Because he really, like, you just run away, you shoot him two times with a revolver, run away, shoot him two more times, run away, shoot him two more times, the end. That's it. Well, That's he the first does boss have fight. a lunge. He does have a lunge. If you run too far away, he will close the gap. It's that you don't want to get too far away. You want to get close enough to where he doesn't feel the need to run, but far enough to where you're not actively it's in a, the swipe. It's a happy medium. Yeah. Now, I have a strategy with Tyrant, but I want you to go ahead and finish yours. So basically, yours is just run away with the, the get the like in that sweet spot and fire two rounds with a, uh, with a magnum and then run away. Exactly. Two to three, depending on how far he is. And I just shoot until he's down. Unfortunately, I sometimes, because of the camera angle, you don't know when he stops moving. Unless you're like, yeah. you're, really, you're really keen in. So you waste a couple rounds as he's falling to the ground. And then, you know, you just leave. Well, when the music stops, that's when you know you can stop firing. He literally stops the music when he dies. Unfortunately, I've had to play the game on mute sometimes because I'm on a flight. Uh, we whatever. were just talking about how the sound effects are so important. That's so bizarre. I've never actually, I think I did that with the DS port, but I never used to do that. I always play with sound. The problem is, like, when I would play these games, I've played them so much that I know what to happen, what to predict. Like, I memorize them. There, We did a show, I think, called Comfort Games, and oh, this yeah, was, yeah. like, one of my honorable mentions. It's, I'm doing this because I'm playing this game because I'm on a flight and I'm listening to music, and it's something for me to do while I listen to music. For sure, for sure, absolutely. So but I you want you to understand him. when I when I shoot him, I'm listening to fucking like Chuck Berry. <laughs> ah, got you. Totally fitting. He, he, the thing is, you're <laughs> underestimating my ability to wear two different headphones at the same time. Uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's why the way you are, the way you are. Absolutely. Non-stop noise. I hate silence. Let's keep moving. So um, I'm going to mention the fact that Tyrant's attacks are basically a slash. He has sort of like a, a knockdown when you get far away and then he sort of charges at you and that kind of does like a wall bounce move. Uh, please put Tyrant in a fighting game. I, I, I really think he'd do well. But anyway, moving on. He has an instant kill when you're on low health, uh, much like the Hunters, where he'll impale you in this very graphic scene where it's like he just kind of looks at you while you're on his claw and then he just swipes you off. Um, yeah. Very grisly. Um, with that in mind, let me tell you about my strategy with Tyrant. Tell me how so, you deal with the ultimate bioweapon. Well, the ultimate bioweapon ends up being my ultimate bitch, because in one of the very few situations, I end up adopting one of your tactics. Tyrant is the one boss that I have 98% confidence that I can knife him to death. You knife him? 
I always knife Tyrant. You want to, especially the first encounter. You want to know why? There's well, a, the there's first a, encounter I understand, but not the second. Well, the second understand. one, yeah. I mean, you kind of want to use the Magnum just because he's jumping a lot. But no, you can totally knife him. The only reason I don't is because in the remake, he can kill your fucking supporting characters. And it's like, God damn, don't do that. So I don't like to waste time. But no, he is. Tyrant has a weak point with knives. And this is it. So. Tyrant has a claw hand. The claw hand is on his left side. If you continuously walk around him and literally stay on his right arm, he cannot hit you with his claw. And his claw is his main method of attack. He will never yeah. swipe at you with his regular hand. So if you stay on top of his regular arm, he will always miss and you will always have an opportunity to get two swipes in. 100% agree. Yeah, but it's also sounds like a fucking long time. I mean, it, it sounds like it would be, but it really isn't because you could be it, it's he doesn't even move all that much. He just basically rotates and you guys just kind of do like a slow rotating dance. Knife, knife, walk along his his right arm. Knife, knife, walk along his right arm and he will never hit you. So you can do that, I think, with the second um, encounter as well. But I don't know. I don't usually try it just because he can, you know, end my ending that I want. Um, but yeah, no, t a tyrant, he's a big motherfucker, very intimidating. But then when you start thinking about it, wait, only one of his hands is clawed? Okay, and you just sort of stick to that. And that is my method of getting rid of tyrant. The first time. I, I would also argue you could do it on the second, but I don't even like to chance it. By that point, I'm using all my magnum. Fuck that. I am using the magnum until I get here, insert name, use this. <laughs> I, I love Jill. You're our Amazon, Jill. But fuck you, Brad. What is, what is he, uh, Brad say for Chris? I don't even remember. Here, Chris, use this. That's Doesn't it. he say like, no, he goes, kill it, whatever this thing is. I don't remember. Something like that. But either way. Who listens um, to Brad? <laughs> this is Brad. This is Brad. He just loves to say that shit because he's calling out to people and all of our fucking batteries are broken because that makes sense. Why? Why don't we have any fucking battery? Did someone set off an EMP? Is that how this worked? Did we damage it on the way here? Fuck. The, the one, one of the biggest problems I have is that Welcome to Raccoon City had Brad Vickers and it was an actor that I actually like from a show called Letterkenny. Oh, and yeah. He didn't that's right. say one fucking word. He yeah. didn't say one word. He was playing snake just to let you know it's the 90s anyway and you, and you know brad uh, is such a complicated character you know he has all these character traits like being scared and and being scared um i just wanted him to say <laughs> ah i just I'm running wanted, away. wanted him to be scared and he wasn't even that anyway before this becomes a welcome to raccoon city thing um you're fighting tyrant uh you basically beat him the first time and then the second time is on the helipad uh, and basically it's kind of like an endurance match until you do enough damage to where Brad drops down the rocket launcher, you pick up the rocket launcher, get a little bit of distance and pray that he's not going to fucking swipe you out of your fucking aiming oh animation. Oh my God. And fucking. Or, and or, or knock back the rocket. Cause he'll like say, fuck the rocket. 
With oh, his that's, claw a, that's the best when he does that. When he just fucking goes, fuck, fuck that shit. I don't even know what causes that to happen because it'll happen intermittently. He'll get it's hit random. by the first one or he'll knock out the first one and always get hit by the second one. Right. Which is um, why they give you four rounds for whatever reason. Uh, well, it's because if you miss, I suppose, right? I'm sure Dr. Rude would have a problem with it, though. Why? Because somebody's interacting with a rocket. What? Oh, because of the jump. God damn it. Wow, that's a deep <laughs> cut. Be sure to watch our Fan Freaks episodes on fucking Metal Gear Talking Tears. Redux. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no. I'm trying to think of anything else specifically with Tyrant, but I, I love the fact that it does that cinematic little, like, the yeah. triple reaction shot before also, he blows into smithereens. Also, when you get the worst ending and he's still alive and it's his eye that closes out the game, is fucking great. Well, if you get the worst ending, you don't get the second encounter. You don't, no. It, you just go to the helipad and you peacefully fucking peace out. Like, right, but, and, the, but yeah. the, the good and great endings always have, like, the mansion explode. Right. But the bad ending, the mansion doesn't explode, and you just have like the eye look at you. It it like uh, dissolve the the shot of the mansion dissolves into the eye of Tyrant, and just and it just opens again or whatever because you know Resident huh. Evil eyes. You don't yeah. get you don't get the bad ending as much as I guess I do because I'm trying to like speed run. Speed run, you have to do the bad ending to speed run. I don't Poor know how. Rebecca. Yeah, well, she should have followed me. Well, yeah, yeah, seriously. If you say you're going to follow me, you should actually fucking follow me. What are you doing fucking around with a hunter in the goddamn desk room? Also, the that you can take out monkeys from Resident Evil Zero, but you can't take out a hunter? No, where's you can where's, well, where's all your gear? From you zero. Can't, you can't take into account all of zero before RE1. It, 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 Rebecca herself is like a completely. Well, then again, they all are dif different characters between games. Anyway, but that's not even the focus. Also, I think we have enough tyrants in the universe of Resident Evil to do a freaky five tyrants. I mean, we did have our, our favorite BOW, so that did appear there. No, I just want a tyrant specific episode. Any, you know, and one day we'll do maybe here on Eagle and Wolf where we talk about Resident Evil stuff. So it would actually make sense for us to fucking do a Tyrant episode. But with Tyrant, that closes out all of the enemies in Resident Evil 1 Classic. Um, if there was any strategies or if there was anything that we missed in terms of little tidbits on how to get around or, or if you want to tell us how you get around these enemies, be sure to hit us up on the Eagle and Wolf Twitter or message us directly at BoneKingTV or my good friend at Adrian Dooliness. Um, I, is there anything? I, I also want to point out, if you like this type of episode, like if you want us to tackle two and three, please let us know. Because I, I, I don't want them... Like, what if they fucking hate it? And they're like, no, we don't like bestiaries. Give us more fashion stars. I want more custom outfits. Well, here's our secret. They hate all of our episodes. <laughs> no way! They're all bad. That's what no. it really is. See, no. Eagle and Wolf are just trying to come up with the worst situations. <laughs> this is like the worst ending right now. You just gave me the worst <laughs> ending. Where's the MO disc, damn it? And like the worst ending, we will peacefully peace out <laughs> without any consequence. <laughs> <laughs>